1: Ladies and gentlemen, there's a first time for everything. Welcome to the first episode of Bear Down Network, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, right here on the Fans First Sports Network, FFSN. Follow us on Twitter at FFSN. You can follow me, Joey Christopoulos, at Joey Sports Guy right here. And coming up, we're going to have a fantastic podcast talking all things Chicago Bears multiple times a week, every single week leading up to the season coming up. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our Bear Necessities episode. We've got an NFL draft coming up in just about three weeks away. So, we're going to talk a little bit about what the Chicago Bears need, want, and desire most to make their football team as good as it possibly can when they take the field at the end of the year. Let's bring in my co host. It's a first date for me and him. We have been talking for a little bit, but this is going to be a lot of fun. He is Vincent Saunders. You can follow him at The Real Payday. He's also going to be another major member bringing you content right here on the Bear Down Network. What is up, Vincent? How's it going, Joey, man? I'm all right, man. How yourself? I'm good, dude. This is exciting. This is a fantastic venture. And for those of you that are listening with the Fans First Sports Network, I mean, these guys have been doing it for a long time. They've built a fantastic community, and they really do put fans first. And that's what we want to have with this type of conversation, because that's what me and Vincent are. We're just diehard Bears fans that if you cut us open, we would bleed bear blood. Um, if you saw us after a loss, you probably wouldn't want to talk to us, but if you saw us after a win, you're going to want to hang out with us for multiple hours. So Vincent, man, let's dive right into it. This is our bear necessities episode. And what do the bears need? They need some young stars through the NFL draft coming up in three weeks. So let's just keep it open. Let's keep it general, man. How are you feeling right now heading into the NFL draft? You know, they, they're going to see Jalen Carter again for a second time this week. And uh, are you leaning offense or defense with that number nine pick right now?
0: With with the way our offseason has progressed to this point, had a great free agency period, I feel like the Bears can go either way with the draft. They can, uh, they position themselves great with that trade down with Carolina at, to a point where they can grab a position of need and a position that's pretty um that's, that's pretty much the best player on the board. And I'm speaking about offensive tackle at, at that point, that nine uh. Um, I think for my for myself, I've gotten comfortable with just having that thought of we draft a tackle at nine. But if Jalen Carter happens to be there at nine, I, I I think that definitely warrants a discussion. And I would not be I would I wouldn't be upset either way. Take Jalen Carter. I think Jalen Carter at that point in the draft is the only player that connotes
1: maybe a future multiple time, all pro. Mm-hmm. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I'm right. I'm right there with you, man. And, and what's been so interesting about this off season, right? Is let's roll it back to, you know, a piece of news that we're all aware of, right? The Chicago bears get the number one pick. Uh, Thank you. Lovey Smith. We all danced uh, in our apartments, in our homes the day that that happened. And ever since then, we've been sitting pretty. We make that trade. I think an overwhelming majority of bears fans feel like that that trade was a total success. Getting DJ Moore, future draft capital. And now we're sitting at number nine and it's a little bit of a double-edged sword, right? Like the first edge is that the bears need so many, have so many needs have so many holes to fill on the roster that whoever we take at nine is going to probably go to an area of need right on the Chicago bears team. And then the other part of it too, is that, you know, we're kind of wide open right now where we can still trade down. We still have done what we needed to do by trading the number one pick. So at number nine, we're in a bit of a luxury position. Like my question for you, and for Bears fans everywhere, is that is there a pick? Is there a pick or a type of player or a position that would piss you off? Is is oh, the, is I, is there is where I know Bears Twitter will figure it out one way or another. But what is that one pick that would actually make you mad?
0: If they draft a wide receiver, I am okay. Livid. I am livid okay. if they draft a wide receiver. Livid. You if you think about it this way, we've already traded. We've already. Exchanged quotation marks two first round picks for wide receivers. If they draft mm-hmm. another one, and, and, and what I what I'm referring to is we trade um, the number the, the the number the first second the first pick of the second round for for Chase Claypool, which it which turns out to be the number thirty two pick, which in a regular right. year would be a first round pick. We've also in that in that deal with Carolina. We also had the option to take DJ Moore or another future first round pick. So, in the span of six months, we've exchanged two first round picks for our receivers. Don't do it again. Don't do it again. We've got enough.
1: Yeah, that's really (laughs) funny. You know what? You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the problem that we've had at tight end for the last six or seven years, right? Now, go all the way back to uh, Ryan Pace selects Adam Shaheen in the second round of the draft. And I swear to God, I don't want to ton of college football, but I try and get like ready and prepped for the draft. I had no idea who that dude was. I had no idea who Adam Shaheen was when he got drafted, right? So he gets drafted. He's a bust. What do we do after that? We go out and we spend big money on Trey Burton. We bring in Trey Burton. He has a, he has a, he has a strong, he has a strong 2018, right? But in 2019, he has injury problems. And next thing you know, he's not a fit in the locker room. And next thing you know, he's not on the football team anymore. So what do we do again? We go out and we spend way too much money on the aging Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham all of a sudden only becomes a red zone threat, right? So to mitigate all these mistakes, what do we do? We then have to go out and use a second round pick on Cole Komet. And now Cole Komet to this point has been a solid football player, right? Vincent, like I think he's got more to prove. And I think maybe all Bears fans that agree, we'd like to see him to continue to ascend as a player. But I think that's what you're talking about, right, is that you keep taking these swings, and when you miss, you have to overcompensate and then come back around and keep doing it over and over again. So when you possibly – I'm I'm still an incomplete on Chase Claypool, but I totally hear what you're saying. They already felt like they whiffed on it, so now they have to go out and get a guy like DJ Moore, and you're overcompensating for a mistake possibly that you've already made in the past.
0: Overcorrections get you fired. You know, it's been the tale of the Chicago Bears history as far as I've been, you know, around. You know, you got GMs constantly trying to, you know, figure out what they're going to do with quarterback. The GM, the prior GM, who shall remain nameless, as you said, he started with Adam Shaheen, and he he dug him deep out of the damn Ryan Woods. I mean, no one ever heard of him before. And he pulled him out, didn't work out. He kept going back to that well. And, you know, now he's in Atlanta, you know, tearing up their team but as the saying goes you know what's the definition of insanity steady doing the same thing without uh steady doing the same thing and expecting a different result we've we've you've done this wide receiver thing enough right that might be a blind spot for ryan polls we you know time will tell but if we are going to get any more do it later in the draft don't expend any more of this expensive
1: draft capital on that position please Yeah. And that's going to be the interesting thing is I know we're talking a lot about number nine and I do want to stay there for a second. But to your point, you know, we've got picks at 53, 61 and too as well coming up. So that's going to be really interesting to see. That's where you could possibly target, you know, that run, that new running back who's going to be in a new rookie five year clock or maybe that wide receiver moving forward. So I want to throw this one at you. As of right now, we're taping this on a Thursday early in April. The Chicago Bears right now have met with these players twice now in a week, and I want to get your reaction. They've met with Tyree Wilson twice, Jalen Carter twice, Paris Johnson twice, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, the wide receiver out of Ohio State twice. So my question for you is which one, you know, when you hear that list of names and meeting them twice, you know, that means that you're getting a deeper look on a player. You know, which one maybe? be, uh, you know, has the eyebrow cricked up a little bit, or which one scares you? I mean, the Jalen Carter thing—you got to meet with that guy multiple times, right? Because you have to get to the bottom of what's going on with him and his character. Oh yeah, I agree. Um, you want to,
0: you want to check all the boxes for Carter because he—I mean, he—he he was a top five player before this, his latest infraction. So if he falls to you in the in the nine ten area, you want to make sure that you're picking. you you want to make sure you're you're doing your due diligence, you know? So I get that. I am all the way. I'm all the way. Okay. With that decision. Uh, JSN Jackson Smith, Njuka out of Ohio state. To me, I think he's the most polished wide receiver for Mm -hmm. this, for this class. I, you know, he's not a burner, but he's got that. He's got a, he's got a good route tree. I kind of, I kind of like his, uh, his hands and his, uh, his body uh, pause, but uh, he, I mean, those those are good guys to you know to keep bringing back in. as you want to again check all the boxes. They're the duty. Do what you got to do. Um, which speaks to our our coach Matt Eberflus. His his extended time in college. You know he's done this. He spent close to two decades grading players, scouting high school players. He's he you know he's understanding of the process, and I love it. I trust the process. Paris Johnson. Again, another guy you gotta you gotta circle the wagons on. So, all three, I'm 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 ecstatic about that. We've got a chance. I would prefer, you know, Jackson Smith the Jew could be in the last on that list, mm-hmm. as, as as we as we say it. But you know, Paris Johnson and and Jalen Carter, do what you got to do.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. What I do like about that list, especially on our first episode of A Bear Necessities Thursday, is all four of those guys are in positions of huge need for the Chicago bears, right? We need a bookend tackle to pair with Justin Fields. And hopefully Braxton Jones could be that guy, but we still need someone that says, you know what that guy, the next five to eight years. Well, Justin Fields hopefully becomes not just the franchise, but becomes a star in the NFL. We don't have to worry about that. Tyree Wilson is a guy that hopefully we put in there and he gets 10 plus sacks for you for years to come. And then you've got the two other guys, right? Jackson Smith and Jigbud, the Ohio state connection, um, A guy that obviously burst on the scene, you know, last uh, two years ago, excuse me, but last year was hurt the whole time and appears to be the first wide receiver off the board. And then, yeah, of course, Jalen Carter, as you said, everyone thinks is the presumptive number one player off the board, but clearly character issues and off the field stuff is completely driving his value um, all across the place, all over the board. So I guess maybe my final one for you with the draft that I'm kind of thinking about is, you know, where do you land on trading down? Um, are are you the guy that says, are you a Bears fan that says, hell, let's trade again? Because as of right now, I think we can both maybe agree that three quarterbacks are definitely going to go in those first seven to eight picks. Um, whether there's a fourth quarterback or not, I'm not so certain that's going to go in the first eight. So if there is a fourth quarterback still on the board, Vincent, the Chicago Bears could still be in business for teams like Tennessee at 11, Washington at 15, Tampa Bay at 19 would you be open to trading down and how far down would you trade back?
0: Hmm, Tennessee is interesting um I know, right? quarterback last year. yeah that's just tough but I'm not one of those i'm not I'm not in a camp to, of camp of um trading down again I don't want to mm-hmm. see it personally unless it's bringing you know another another future first possibly 2 i I'm not in that I'm not in that uh that camp that wants to see it happen again. Because, at that point, again, we're taking ourselves out of the need, and we're just going to go going off best player available wherever we land at that point. So, I think where we are right now, perfectly positioned to get best player available and get a position of need with you know with the bookend tackles, Jalen Carter possibly any other any other um, prospects that's right there. For conversation it puts us right back squarely into maybe a wide receiver is the best player available
1: it, it well, So from my understanding is let's just say the Tennessee Titans are sitting there at 11, right. And they wanted to move up to nine. From what I've understood and read in terms of the value that they put on those trade backs, you'd probably be getting like an additional fourth rounder. Um, So I, I guess my question, I'm kind of with you two as well, where I'm like, you know, what is, what is the price to gain by moving two picks back? I mean, does it guarantee, would it guarantee that you still get the same player that you would want at nine Um, Then I could see the Bears saying, you know, why not? Let's do it. But anything else that would perhaps jeopardize your board of who you would really, really want. Like I would hate to see them move back from like nine to 15 and then get the second best player that they wanted instead of the guy that they could have had at nine. Right. I think the whole reason why you do all that work, those hours, those man hours of just sitting there pouring over these guys, analyzing them and giving them a grade on your draft board is to make sure that you get the best. So moving back for something, some other smaller future capital to only get maybe your second best, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So I think it's something that would just have to be how, you know, I think the rest of the NFL is probably going to dictate whether the Chicago Bears move back or not. Right. And I don't know. I I wouldn't be shocked if Ryan Poles then moves up with those. He's got three picks between 53 and 64. You tell me you couldn't take two of those and move up somewhere. You know, I mean, I think that's a possibility too as well.
0: It don't get too cute, you know. If if you wanted to, if you wanted to do the double trade back or multiple trade backs, you should have stayed in the top five. Mm -hmm. Where where we're at right now, I I don't think it's, you know, I don't think I don't think you have the you know the leverage play to get enough out of somebody to have them give you, you know, you know, future first or future seconds for this pick it's not it's not worth it we need we need this thing to be competing in two years and you know doing all this building for the building for, for years down the road that takes us takes us out of that uh out of that process so let's just let's keep it simple k-i-s-s
1: yeah which is <laughs> uh which was a great hit on uh they just did a great hit of that on Ted Lasso the other day that I watched an episode of. Yeah, and that's really funny. Like, it just reminds me to uh, remember the days, Vincent, like two weeks ago or maybe more, maybe a month ago when everyone was like, OK, you trade the number first pick. You trade to number two, to the Texans. Then you trade the number two pick to the number four spot with the Colts. Then, Vince, you trade the number four pick to the number eight pick. And then we have 25 first round picks. Um, yeah, That reminds me, it just seems like ancient history, right? <laughs> oh, so long ago, right? <laughs> <laughs> so much going on. Um, I guess another piece of news that's going on with the Chicago Bears right now is hard knocks. Um, George McCaskey says no. The NFL seems like they want to push and say yes. Uh, What does Vincent Saunders say about hard knocks with the Chicago Bears coming up?
0: You know, it's so annoying. I mean, McCaskey came out and said that, you know, there's other, there's, what do you say, 31 other more interesting teams out there. So that's why, that's why he's anti-hard knocks. How about this? He's
1: just a fan, not a football evaluator. (laughs) So how about this? How about this, Mike? How about you be interesting?
0: You know, how about... How about that? You know, other than the Jets, who else is who who else is more who's got more interest coming into this season than the Bears? You know, how about that? I've been waiting my whole life for the Bears to be interesting. Put that on TV. <laughs> Everybody wants to see that. Everybody wants to see the progression of Justice Fields. He's one of those popping names going into the season. Put it on TV. Stop being a
1: curmudgeon. Cut it out. You know, the whole I thought the whole idea of getting Ryan Poles as the general manager and getting Kevin Warren as the president was so that McCaskey doesn't have to sit in front of a microphone ever again. I thought that was the whole idea. The whole idea was to make sure that we don't have to have him in front of a microphone that is actually turned in and plugged into electricity anymore because right. he just, the way that he, the way that he cops out on stuff he just walks into a different landmine every single time it's really incredible um, and and first of all, I, I got a news for you. Um, there's already a show called 1920 football drive, are you familiar with that Vincent are you. Are you familiar? Familiar. yeah right so it's already like a hard knocks version of the Chicago bears, of course, like under the glowing lens of the organization so Mm -hmm. everybody is awesome everybody is working hard everyone's getting pumped up and everybody's in the gym you know what i mean like working as hard as they can look i don't i just don't see what the big deal is man who cares like at this point hard knocks doesn't give away government secrets in my opinion i mean the only thing that it does is it tries to drum up the the idea of you know is tristan ebner gonna make the chicago bears this year and there's going to be a huge scene of Ebner and Eberflus in a room, and whether he decides to make the team or not. Other than that, that's I it. don't understand how this, yeah, how this adversely affects Justin Fields or really anyone else on the team.
0: All it does is give
1: it. It gives it gives the it, it hypes it gets the team
0: hype for coming up coming to the season. Every every team that's that's been uh, shown on Hard Knocks ever since the NFL took over to over production. Well, not production but they' become an executive producer of the show every team has this glow going into the season Detroit Lions everybody was hyped for them last year and you know mm-hmm. they they turned it into you know a back end you know success story um that's that's how you do this and, you know this game this for an owner to say you know now nah, I'm good on that that's terrible because there's nothing but money in the bank.
1: I, I don't get it. I mean, yeah, if anything, it would be a success. It's the Chicago bears. There's so many of us diehard fans out there. Um, and, and I'm not saying this in a derogatory way, but like anything that would come off a little weird, you know, we would defend till the very end. Um, we would keep Mr. George McCaskey off, off the, off of it as much as we possibly can. And, and I just kind of like, I just don't see what the big deal is. And personally, sometimes it makes you kind of wonder too as well. Like, are some of these organizations trying to hide some high-profile players that are actually jerks? Um, I don't think this is the case with the Chicago Bears. I just don't think they're interested in it because of the culture of the McCaskey family and the way that the organization has been run for so long that they just don't want that kind of publicity that they themselves cannot control. I think exactly. that is the, the big part about it. Um, and honestly, I'm rooting and I hope it happens. Sorry, George. Fingers, <laughs> I hope it happens. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator, George, but I would like to see the Chicago Bears on Hard Knocks. Forgive me. Um, on our first episode here, Vincent, man, what else is rattling around in your brain, man? What's got you going? What's got you thinking about the Chicago Bears in the offseason? Because we still got three weeks to go to the NFL draft. I mean, it's like watching paint dry um, over here. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still thinking about the Bears all the time. What about you?
0: Baseball season, is still is in its infancy. So it's really just as the, as the football season has matured, in the last twenty some odd years, it's a it's a year long grind. The only other thing right now on the bear on the Bears front is what's going on in Arlington,
1: and so and when and know. when are we moving? When are we moving there? Uh, when are we putting down our flag on some real estate there that hopefully will appreciate um, over three hundred percent by the year twenty thirty?
0: For those who don't know, Chicago did just elect a new mayor t- two days ago, mm-hmm. and publicly he said, you know, he wants to sit down with you know the Bears brass and. Hammer out a plan to keep them on the lakeshore, keep them in Chicago. You know, I'm indifferent. You know, I don't, I, I don't mind. I mean, I don't even live in the city no more, so I don't care where they play. As long as, as long as the colors, as long as it still say Chicago Bears and the colors are orange and navy, I'm fine. Um, but yeah, that I mean, as uh, Kevin Warren, who was brought just for this, just for this move, which lets you know the Bears are serious about getting out there. He was brought there to facilitate this move to Arlington. As he said, they haven't broke ground. They haven't even done any design. So it's still a long ways away. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're... Look, by the time... If Arlington Heights works out, they build a stadium there and they open it up. By the time they play there, and if Justin Fields is, is still the quarterback of the Chicago Bears by then, he'll be making over $50 million a year. Um, yes. That. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. yeah, or more. Yeah. You're right, man. Maybe more. Yeah. All right. No, for yeah. real. No, definitely for, for real. I mean, it's like, it's five or six years away at the very least. And uh, look, man, I'm with you. I'm, I'm pro the Chicago bears staying in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand the financial impact that doing something at Arlington Heights can bring to the table. And I do see the positives and the advantages of once you actually do get out there, You know, they're going to create this whole not just an indoor stadium, but it's going to be a whole indoor mall of America. I mean, literally, it's going to be Bears town where you can go there on an off night, even when the Bears aren't playing and go and dine and shop and do whatever you want. I totally understand all that. In my opinion, though, with the thing in Chicago, I mean, good for the mayor. It's a good first move now that you won the runoff, Mr. Johnson. But I guess my thing is that, man, they'd have to invest millions of dollars in terms of the transportation to get there. It's got to be an indoor stadium. They have to build some sort of indoor area that accommodates a swath of fans that aren't in the stadium at that particular time. Um, And, yeah, the renovations on the inside, man. I mean, I went to a game. I don't know when the last time you've been to Soldier Field. I went to a game, 2000, I think it was 18 or 19. It was actually Bears-Steelers. It was the – oh, no, actually, man – no, this was 2017, like, because Mike Glennon was the quarterback at the time, and Jordan Howard was the running back. We won in overtime. And, and look, and here's what Dark I'll days. say. Dark days, my friend. And here's what I'll say is that on the outside, uh, Soldier Field looks beautiful. From your seat, it doesn't matter what seat you're in. I think it's one of the best viewing experiences of any of the Chicago sports. Any seat is fantastic at Soldier Field. Um, in and around the stadium, the interior of the stadium, the infrastructure is a total mess. Um, it's complete garbage and getting up there is a real problem too as well and unless they can kind of figure out a way to alleviate those options to make them more amenable and make them more fun for the fan and the consumer to come in and enjoy the games there um chicago's got a tough road it's got a tough road to climb to convince the chicago bears to stay in chicago in my opinion even though i want them to stay in chicago
0: i think it all comes down to money all of it um the the fact to make it the to, to make the the Bears an indoor team, I think that's a a real um, issue. So, yeah, I, I mean, to put a dome on Soldier Field, is it, it's going it's going to be a lot of give and take in that in that way. Because I don't believe I don't even believe. Because for those who don't know, Soldier Field is a landmark. It is on landmark property for them to do. And going twenty some odd years ago when they did the last. Um, Refurbish of Soldier Field, there was a lot of discussion about what are we doing to this landmark and will it still be a landmark afterwards. So, those are real discussions. I don't want to you know poo poo that and push that. Aside. Those are real discussions, it's, and I agree with you. Watch the game there is pretty is pretty cool. Of yeah, and, and I say that if it's before Thanksgiving, because if it's after Thanksgiving, it is not an enjoyable uh situation you know well, but, that, that win is when is serious
1: that's the thing vincent is that's the, that is the problem is justin fields would agree with you and at some yeah, point and at some point i'm not saying i hope justin fields is is the quarterback of our dreams for the next 15 years and the number one jersey gets sort of like you know hoisted up to the banners when he's long retired but but at the same time Even if he's not that, he is the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. We're trying to win a Super Bowl. We're trying to have a franchise quarterback. And he would agree with you, man. And that's the problem. And for people that don't also understand is that because of that federal landmark, you know, the Chicago Park District owns the grass. It is So when we talk about how bad the grass is at Soldier Field, it's not the Chicago Bears that are falling short. It's the Chicago Park District that's falling short in terms of the the sod and the way that the grass kicks up. And all the problems that they've had in the future, in the past. And then when you're throwing in the 20, 25 mile an hour winds, that makes, you know, a 15 yard out route kind of hard to throw all of a sudden. I mean, bear weather is, is fun to say in a warm room <laughs> when you're with your friends and you're in a moderate temperature, but when you're outdoors um, freezing your ass off, And your quarterback can't throw the ball 20 yards, not because he doesn't want to, but because of the wind and they're handing the ball off 28 times. And then they do. And then the guy tries to make a cut on an outside run zone scheme and he can't because the grass sucks. You really start to ask yourself questions of what are we doing? What are we doing there? And something needs to change. So, yeah, I mean, if Chicago wants to do it, I'm with you, man. Pull out that checkbook, dude. Put it on the credit card.
0: Yeah, well, we all saw Week One of the prior season. The Bears claimed that they had the top of the line grass. They put they put down that blue, blue turf of I forget the name of what is it, what it's called. But we saw it. We, we it looked it looked JV ish. It that, <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't beholding of an NFL franchise um, field. It was terrible, and whatever what maybe it's a drainage issue because you know again this this building has been here for a hundred some odd years. So maybe, maybe, maybe that's the problem, but whatever the problem is, you got to fix it. You you know, you got to stop being, no more excuses. If you want to keep the team there and it is a tourist attraction. If you want to keep it there, you got to fix the problem.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think what's, what's I'm the positive spin on it. In my opinion is that no matter what happens, I think something good is going to come out of this, right. Which is change. Mm -hmm. So change either looks like they move to Arlington Heights on this vastly acreed plot of land and create this incredible experience. That's going to allow them to host super bowls and the rolling stones when they're 110 years old or whatever. Uh, But you know what I mean? But we'll have a a, a state of the art facility for hopefully a state of the art um, winning franchise on the football field, or you're right. Chicago, you know, they pony up the money. They figure it out. They create a transportation system that allows people to get, get to the games. They stick maybe, you know, at least a way to kind of make it retractable, for God's sakes. And and they move forward and they have fun there. Um, Vincent, man, I think this is it, dude. I think this is our first episode. Bare yeah, Necessities. Man. NFL Draft, Arlington Heights. Um, Dude, this is a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot more content coming. We're going to have some other, uh, some talented people on this uh, platform, this network, doing some content together with us. Uh, dude, and it's a, it's an exciting time. I mean, look, we're a three and fourteen football team, Vincent. But are, am I wrong? This is a really exciting time to be a Bears fan.
0: I've seen a lot of terrible Bears teams, and I've never had this feeling as as I have right now. Even even leading into the year that uh, we went to the Super Bowl, I, I didn't I didn't have the feeling as I have right now. I, I am I'm telling everybody, you know, not this Super Bowl coming up, but the one after that, you know, put us in there. You know, start, hey, start
1: making your plans. We better, we better. Or if not, something went drastically wrong, man. <laughs> and uh, no, I'm with you, dude. I mean, Moses Moreno, Henry Burris, Craig Krenzel aside, um, those are some dark days, dude. And those were some dark records at the end of the year, you know, win and loss wise. Jay Cutler, and then look, man, we're three and fourteen. But I think our arrow is pointing up in a way that has me. As excited, if not more than I've ever been, as a Chicago Bears fan, which is all the more reason to continue checking out us right here at the Bear Down Network. This was Thursday's Bear Necessities. We're going to be coming back next week with another great episode. Uh, my name is Joey Christopoulos. You can follow me at Joey Sports Guy. Vincent Saunders, my good man, at the Real Payday Twitter. Uh, take us home on another great pod, man. Uh, first of many to come. Uh, I'm so happy to be doing this with you, and uh, thanks you so much for listening on our behalf. Peace.